Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone great. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal, 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 Hannibal. Oh, Mr. On weei.com. We have a special guest this week, a reoccurring guest we haven't had in a while. Mike Giardi, NFL Network, national star, rejoins us. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just national so you know, star. Mike, we're not on video, so you don't have to dance in the background. This is an audio-only podcast. Hey, whatever, man. I'm excited. I am not allowed. I'm not allowed to emote. You can emote. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. So if there's no video, I can do that. Yes. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> you flipped me the bird. Yeah, I did. Now he's drinking a girly soda. What is it? It's uh, bubbly. Looks girly to me. <laughs> Blackberry sparkling water. It's definitely girly. Oh, shit. All right. So Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl for the 10th time in his career. Haven't uh, heard. There's a, you can go a million different ways, but let's get Giardi's first uh, overall, overarching thoughts on Brady winning the game, first year with the Bucks, all that. Um, obviously a, a massive success. I mean, th- this, is what they were, this is what they brought him there for. This is what they built their team for. Um, you know, I know that he wanted other places before Tampa, but when you consider what Tampa had for him in terms of skill position players, um, made all the sense in the world. And you know, there was a point where they were, what, seven and five, and you were wondering, well, maybe they just don't have it this year. But they flipped the switch. They beat some bad teams, but they gained confidence. Sort of reminds me of, um, of the Patriots team in 2018 when you're like, this is, not, this is not their year. And then right at the end of the year, they beat the Jets and the Bills, two bad teams. But, they, you know, all of a sudden it was like, hey, we're actually we're, we're playing better. We, we found something here. And I think Brady and the Bucks found something. All right. Um... 
is it all Brady? I guess let's say this: Is it all Brady? Like, would God, they? Have done- God, no, right? I mean, that's the dumbest. That's the dumbest argument, and I, it's being made a lot in New England in particular because mm. um, it's Bobo Central here when it comes to to Brady and and some of the nonsense. Like, I, I'm sorry, is Chris Godwin? And I know he's had some drops. Does he suck? No. How about Mike Evans? He's pretty good too, right? Cameron Brait, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Tristan Wirfs might be one of the best right tackles in football, and he's a rookie. Their defense swarms, tons of speed, tons of playmakers. Like, come on. I, the Bucks helped him as much as he helped them. Yes. Well it's, said. It, yeah, well and it's, said. And it's, because, it's a good marriage. Good for them. I mean, but, but, I mean, does Brady look like this in some other offense? Uh, probably not, you know. But he is in this offense, and he looks pretty good. So, God bless him. Yeah, if I'm Todd Bowles and those defensive players, I'm a little annoyed right now, I feel like. <laughs> True. A little like yes. Shaq Barrett, JPP. Uh, Devin White is ridiculous. Yeah, they have 14 tackles yesterday, something like that. Yeah, that's a man. Two straight weeks, he is a man. And that's what they drafted him for. You still have Levante David. Like, that defense is legit. And the whole story is Brady, Brady, Brady. You kind of leave out. I give Ryan Hannibal credit on weei.com. It says Brady overcomes three interceptions to go to the Super Bowl. Like nice. that was the story, right? Yep. That was the story of the game. And that defense is legit. But I picked the Packers, but even to start the year, I don't know how anybody can be surprised that the Bucks are in this game. Like there was a road. It wasn't necessarily easy in the adjustment and the corona and all these things. But if you just look at it, they were a really talented football team that added a winner, a, a leader, a manager. He gave them, even if you get the placebo effect out of Brady, where, you know, you hear Scotty Miller and these guys say, like, that's one man. We were 7-9 and nine last year, and now we're in the Super Bowl. Well, it isn't, but if you believe that, whatever, that works for you. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think, I, you know, I made the point in the offseason after he signed there that I thought that the biggest trickle-down effect for that team was going to be the defense. Because last year they gave up, I believe it was 128 points off of turnovers, which was number one in the league. And number one in the league by like 20 or 30 points by a wide margin. Winston threw 30 picks. You just knew, like, even if Brady had a quote-unquote down year for him, he was going to throw, what, 14 picks, 13 picks? I think he threw, did he throw 10 maybe in the regular season? So, like, there was going to be a massive correction because they weren't going to be sitting there uh, here we go again. Jameis threw another interception on our 30-yard line. We got to go back out there. Oh, we had two straight stops. He did it again. We got to go back out there. You know, like that that benefit to them um, can't be it can't be overstated. I mean, it's I, I think it's been huge. And then you look at the criticism that Bruce Arians took for being a boob of a head coach or whatever. There's a lot of haters on him. He still um, is not. Now, he may still be a boob, but he's a boob who's in the Super Bowl and could win the Super Bowl. I don't care if his mask was upside down and the logo was wrong. <laughs> At least he had one on. He must not take Brady's supplements, so he had to wear a mask. He was worried about his health. He, he wasn't protected. Um, but L- Matt LaFleur's stock, for a guy who two years into his career has been to two NFC title games, his stock took a little bit of a hit in that loss. I, I thought that they and, – and Hannibal and I were texting during this – like the the choke factor on that football team, I felt like it was high going in, and they did absolutely nothing to dissuade me. How many decisions did they make or plays did they make in that game that you say, "What are you doing?" I mean, from from the from the coverage at the end of the first half. Oh. I mean, that's Greg Williams. Mike Pettin pulled a Greg Williams, except he pulled it in the NFC Championship game. 
We're not tanking for Trevor. We're trying to win a game to go to the Super Bowl. Horrible, horrible decision right there. All you got to do is make sure they stay in front of you. Let them kick a field goal. Who cares? Just don't give up a touchdown. They give up the touchdown. Um, you know, go, go back to the second – in the second half, there was one play where – actually, it was still in the first half. Redmond, when, when Brady threw the ball off the sidelines. Redmond, I have no idea how he doesn't pick the ball. He doesn't pick the ball. Guess what? That leads to points. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, at the end of the game, the field goal made zero sense. I listened to his explanation, LaFleur's explanation. He said, like, we like the way our defense is playing. We had our timeouts, four minutes to go, blah, blah, blah. Who's on the other side? You know, the – Right. And I don't care whether he's thrown three picks now. Like, who's on the other side? What do they have for talent on the offensive side of the ball? You don't know that you're going to get back down there. And I guess my last part of this, and I'm not sure if this is going to be part of the broader discussion, but Aaron Rodgers after the game about, like, I don't know what my future is, and Mm -hmm. people are feeling like he's putting it on the table. You either need to improve this team for me, or I'm going to say I'm not playing for you guys anymore. Hey, Aaron, how about when you're down in the red zone – you don't throw to Devontae Adams every single play. How about when you're in the red zone in the fourth quarter and you get flushed out of the pocket before the field goal attempt and you can run, you run. I don't yeah. know if he would have scored. Sure looked he like he probably could have. Yes. But, all right, even if the defense collapses on him and tackles him at the three, well, now is the decision made easier for LaFleur and say we're going to go for it because now we only have three yards to cover versus ten? Um, just bad play all around. Yeah, I thought that was really – that was a – They only had six points of those three picks. Yep. Right. Terrible. But I thought Rodgers, that play right there was sort of – and I actually thought it was magnified later. Didn't end up helping him. But Josh Allen showed that all year I didn't run. But now we're in the playoffs. I'm running. I'm leading with my right shoulder and running yep. guys over. And, if you know, if you want to go back to the John Elway moment, like that's a John Elway type moment. I'm not saying you run all the time, Aaron Rodgers – regular season, first quarter, whatever it is. But this is like a, a legend-altering opportunity for you, and you're still a really good athlete. You can still run. I've mm-hmm. seen it. I've seen it recently. I think he scores there, and I think even if he doesn't, you're right. It changes the whole complexion of the decision. So he can point fingers and sulk and say it's not my decision and do all the crap that he likes to do. Some of this is on him. Sometimes you can't just point out, 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 out. At some point, if you're the boat, the best of all time, <laughs> stop freaking crapping your pants. Well, and, like, if you want to get into this offseason stuff, like, it'd be a massive cap hit for the Packers to move on from him and find a way to trade him. Like, I, it's a, I don't know how this even plays out. Like, does he force his way out? Like, would they even, like, oblige to it? Or is this something that he just, you know, set out for the game and then cooler heads prevail in, you know, a month? Also, what the, yeah, again, what the hell are you complaining about? You know, like, I know he didn't want them to draft Jordan Love, and I know there were some questions about drafting A.J. Dillon in the second round. Well, it, it appears that Aaron Jones is probably not going to be back there. So, A.J. Dillon was insurance for, mm-hmm. for Aaron Jones. And then you were the number one seed in the conference. You rolled people for a better part of the second half of the year like ridiculously so you had all the tools to win you did and you and you gacked in the in the big game that's again that's as much on him as it is on roster management or all that stuff they had enough plays to be made in that game to win the game they didn't win the game how about if you look in the mirror first Aaron and say you know what if I'm this guy we can't lose that game I finally got my NFC title game in Green Bay we can't lose the game and if he wants to be 
the elite of the elite, which, you know, Keyshawn Johnson this week on Dalen Keefe said he's one of the goats. He's one of the four goats, Aaron Rodgers, which I think is a stupid that you can have four goats. That's not how it works. EST means something in the English language, but <laughs> more importantly, like you have an opportunity, you have an opportunity to do something special. And I go back to your guy, James Garoppolo. Yep. What happened when he arrived in New England and all us idiots said, you wasted a draft pick, you could have gotten something that would help you win. Correct me if I'm wrong. How did that season end? Super Bowl. Uh, so even if you think they wasted a pick, you can be so hell-bent and motivated where you actually go win. He had the opportunity to do that against Brady. Now, Brady got in his way. He had some motivations too, and defenses were involved. But I, I, at some point, because I've made excuses for Aaron Rodgers over the years. Oh, Mike McCarthy sucks. Oh, your GM didn't sign free agents from other teams. They didn't believe in that. They do this. They do that. At some point, if you're a true franchise quarterback, do it. Just put the team on your shoulders, the earth, yep. the earth right here, like Randy yep. Moss would say. And then, no, he's just going to whine and cry and then go get another fake girlfriend and all the things that he does <laughs> in the offseason. Well, is this, this is me spitballing. Is this, is this a calculated effort on his part to take all the attention away from him basically choking in the fourth quarter in the second half and making everyone talk about his future in Green Bay? Like, was that a calculated thing on his part? No, I think this is the future of the NFL. I think we're seeing it. Yeah, With Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson yeah. and all these guys. And, you know, you hear rumbles, and you may be able to speak to this more than I can, being the national superstar that you are, Mike yes, Giardi. Well-connected. Totally. But apparently agents have been lusting after this forever. Like they, they rub elbows with NBA agents or even in some of these agencies, they have, you know, Same. NBA arms and NFL arms. And they've been dreaming of this day coming where they have the yoke and they can start making moves and push things. And I think that's what this is. Brady's obviously the latest poster child for what he did. But the Deshaun Watson thing starting to piss me off, by the way. How many reports do we need that Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston? He's on Twitter all the time. Say it yourself if you want. You're on Twitter or go to the Players' Tribune. I thought this modern era of players have direct access to the fans. I'm sick of reports. Say it or don't say it. Go on Twitter and say, I want to stay. You know well why they don't do it. And it's the, it's the classic, let someone else say it for you. It's like Brady. You do your Tom versus time. You let Giselle say he wants to go to a place where right. he's happy and well-respected or whatever the nonsense that it was. We're professional athletes, by the way. You're getting paid $20 million to shut up and go to work and work for your boss. Yep. You all have to do it and sometimes take it on the chin. Like, that's just what it is. But, that, but that's, that's – I think that's exactly where we're headed. I think your point is a, is a great one. I think it is. It's the, it is the NFL is going to – the NFL players are going to try to turn this into yeah, the man. NBA and control player movement and build their own super teams – I don't know how it works with the cap. I, you know, I don't know how, how teams fight back against it. Because I've said this about Houston. So what's Houston supposed to do? You can't trade Deshaun Watson. That's what I, you know, people say. You, you, I mean, if Nick Casario trades Deshaun Watson, he's an idiot. Well, if Deshaun Watson says, I'm not coming, I'm not, I'm not setting foot inside the door, okay, yeah, he doesn't get paid. Well, first of all, Deshaun Watson's going to be fine living off the money he's already made for that brief period of time where he doesn't play. Cause eventually it's going to happen. You can't let an asset just sit there and rot. If Aaron Rodgers wants to tell green Bay, the same thing, green Bay's stuck in the spot where they're, they're screwed. Okay, fine. What do we do? Right. What, do we just let it sit at home or do we go out and shop them and get a first round pick or two seconds, whatever it is. And at least move on. We got to build our team. We eventually have to play the games. And if he doesn't want to play for us, or if he's going to come in and be a pouty little, you know what, like, 
maybe Brady was, especially in that last year, then, then what are we doing? It's, it's not, I mean, it sucks to have to move on from that player and you're going to take heat for it, but really your hand is forced. You can't give the player everything. And that's, it seems like Aaron Rodgers in particular, he wants everything. I want to pick all the guys that I have on offense. I want to tell you what to do. I want to call all the plays like, all right, Aaron. Great. Good luck. Well, because he's watching Brady do it, right? Yeah. I mean, and Bruce Arians is letting Brady coach. He didn't do that in New England. Couldn't do that. Except he did. Well, can we also that that narrative is kind of like false. Like I think Brady was able to have his free reign in New England. Like I'm sure in game plans, Joshua Daniels kind of says, "Hey Tom, what do you like here? What do you want to do here?" Well, I also don't know exactly what Bruce Arians is talking about, but he's he's doing what Bruce likes to do. He likes to prop himself know, up, throw stuff out there, and play. And now I firmly believe that comes from Brady saying something. I don't know whether it's a little remark or a long discussion, but to me that was. Bruce Arians saying something that came from Tom Brady. Now, I call it bullcrap because I think Tom Brady had a lot of influence on mm-hmm. everything they did in New England. I mean, every young receiver will tell you the wide receivers coach was Tom Brady, right? The t- tight ends coach yep. was Tom Brady. Everything was done. Bill has the famous quote, everything was done here for the last 20 years to give Tom Brady the ability to succeed. I believe that. Now, you can revisionist history and be pouty and try to change the story and fuel all these narratives and columns and things that we're seeing and reading and hearing these days, but it's just not true. And it, it, that's what annoys me. Like there's truth on all sides. Like there's blame on all sides. Like this is a complex divorce. Like they usually are, but the, the people that are just all on one side are all on, were you guys rooting for Tom Brady last night? No, I wanted Rogers Mahomes. Yeah, I was rooting against Brady. I think some of it is my wife hates him so bad that she was strongly rooting against him, like, <laughs> passionately. And then my son's passionately rooting for him in his Gronk jersey. So we had kind of a heated household for the night. But I just – there's just a lack of genuine Tom Brady that rubs me the wrong I, – as I said to, to Hannibal on a podcast recently, I don't think Tom Brady and I have anything in common. Like, I just don't. Like, in any way. And that – I think that pushes me away from him. The one genuine thing was the moment with the son after the game. I thought that was pretty cool. Like having Jack It was cool. Okay, yeah. He loves his kid. We're now, we're now giving credit to people for loving their kid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The bar is freaking low. No, there, are some other, there are some other members of the Patriots that don't exactly have the same family connection. Well, that, that's, that's, that's not completely unfair. I would say when he was 23, Andy, we did have stuff, stuff in common with him. And then as he became what he became, and if you listen to guys that knew him way back when and had relationships of way back when like he always wanted to be this he right. always wanted to be a brand he didn't you know this this the, the guy with the butt chin and there's a little doughy and like i love my team and i'll do whatever for my team in the back of his brain he always wanted to be tb centric he wanted to be tb first and he got that and as he's gotten that I, I don't know he got weird <laughs> you hang with different people like it's true it's like the filthy rich if you start looking around like their behavior, they're not normal people. They, they, they can't be, you know, because of the attention they get. But they, they, I think he's also embraced sort of that lifestyle. And, you know, you, I mean, just think of some of the people that he associates with. Tony Robbins is a close personal friend, which is just Tony Robbins is, is human garbage. But Antonio right. Brown, it's kind of the same. Also human thing. garbage. Yes. Jeez, uh, that's how you really feel. 
speaking of uh, his circles, uh, Robert Kraft reportedly texted him after the game or called him, whatever. You think Bill Belichick did the same? I don't. Well, first of all, is Bill vacationing again? Did I see social media stuff coming out of the like Caribbean or the islands again? Barbados Bill back? I thought um, Linda said something like something like vacationing or something. Yeah, I, th- I think she said it was more like a mental break or something. Yeah, well, that's what she, I think She's been getting destroyed on, on the social media. So yeah, that's a separate issue. No, I yeah. thought she posted. I thought I saw a picture yesterday on her account. From I, like I think that was the. I think that was the old one. Oh, yeah. I think that was from last year. Isolation vacation back soon. So to me, that's like a Twitter break from mental. You know, from the beating she took last week. Either way, I don't think Bill texted him. <laughs> no, I don't either. I think if he wins the Super Bowl, Bill might. But maybe he'll write him a handwritten letter. Oh, he loves to write letters. Hundreds of those a month. So. <laughs> yes. Um, simple as congrats, period. Right. See, I, yeah, I could see, see that. I could see that. And Tom replies with thanks, period. And we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> we did our thing. We can yeah. say we were cordial or whatever you want to be. Now, we know Robert has more of a whatever, soft spot, affinity, as he should. His bank account certainly has a soft spot and affinity for Tom mm-hmm. Brady and everything he's done over the years in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, can I, so I had my joke, and we didn't get to it, though. I was going to say I was sick to my stomach all night after watching that game. I think it was the wings and uh, everything I drank and ate. <laughs> you guys never gave me a chance to use it. Maybe I'll Sorry. save it for Dale and Keith tomorrow. I wouldn't, you know, I'm just, based on the reaction you just got right now, <laughs> I would say shelve that one. But see, you know me. That's the best reaction I could possibly <laughs> or, or maybe workshop it a little bit, yeah, that's all, yeah. you know? Take yeah. that back to the lab. If I can make Dale Arnold just stare at me speechlessly, <laughs> that's a victory. That's a victory for me and everyone everywhere. <laughs> uh, let's transition a little bit to the Patriots offseason at quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get Giardi's thoughts. We've blabbled on for the last couple podcasts about it. What's your overarching, like, I guess, ideal and realistic scenario? Oh, geez. Ideal. Did you ask him for the ideal? Well, I think we've already said the ideal. We've said it, so it, he wouldn't be. Yeah, totally the ideal out. would be the ideal would be Jimmy. Yes. If that's the if that's the way it should. I actually, um, let me rephrase that. The ideal would be trading up into the top ten and getting Zach Wilson. Yes. To me, that's the guy. Look, you're obviously not getting Trevor. Yep. Fields, there's a lot to there's a lot to work with there, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I think Wilson, I wish he was a little bit bigger, a little bit, you know, whatever. There was a little bit more in his frame. But I think we're starting to see some of these guys, 6'2", 6'3". They don't have to be these monsters. How um, thick Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I called him um, a soccer player coming out. It's part of why I didn't like him. I thought he was too twiggy, but apparently you, you know, can do You know what I thought about him? I thought his mechanics were so messy that it was going to be hard to clean up. Well, they are. You don't have to clean them up, though. Right, right. When you have that arm strength, you can do whatever the hell you want. Josh Allen's the same way, right? You can yep. sort of just put it wherever you want. Um, so to me, that, that's the best plan because that's the plan that allows you to have the next guy for whatever, 10 years, 12 years, wh- whatever, however long it goes. Whereas if you're going with, I guess the second option to me would be Jimmy. He's 29 going on 30. He's obviously had – he's missed 23 games over the last three years. You know, it, I always wonder what he would have been like and what this last three years would have been like if he stayed here because I truly do believe, and I know they've blown some smoke at us, but I think when it came to him, they really believed that he was capable of, you know, 
plugging in and playing and giving you something close to what Tom did, at least, you know, as a passer. I don't know whether in the fourth quarter of games, that's the, that's the true tell, right? Like, can you, can you make those plays consistently in the fourth quarter? But I think they could have, they felt like they could have put him in and this thing would have kept rolling on and they would have been competitive with him at quarterback. Now, some years removed with the injury problems, like that's a concern because if you're going to make that move to him, then you need to have a, a, you need to be, you have to have a backup there. And I don't know, you know, if that, that backup is Jared Stidham, I, I would guess that the last year told us it isn't, um, you know, someone that you're going to probably have to rely on to play some games because he, he just hasn't proven to be healthy. So we've talked about this a lot and I agree with you completely. Like the ideal is the young guy, the, the young I'm set at the position. I feel like I have Justin Herbert. There's a lot yeah. of other questions. We'll answer all those, but there's one question I don't have. That kind of feeling is, to me, that's where you start something special potentially in any city. Now, there's obviously a lot of names on the market, big names. We, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's out there. Matthew Stafford, according to his wife, is officially out there and looking at the- Thanks, Kelly. He's, he's rolling his eyes. We're on a podcast. You're not supposed to roll your eyes. Because can, can, can you just, can you stay off the internet? Can, can, you, can, can the players convince their significant others to stay off the internet? How many times in this past four or five months has somebody's wife or girlfriend stepped in it for the player? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. happened with head coaches. It's happened yes, with usually here in New England. Yes. Prominent players. Yes, it happens. Um, but my quarterbacks. My, Yes. Uh, my point was, though, that Aaron Rodgers wants to win, right? He wants full control, you know, whatever. He wants talent. Matthew Stafford wants to win. He wants talent. Everybody's getting all giddy. Um, do the Patriots represent a landing spot for any of these guys? I mean, th they could because of their cap, right? I mean, there's 14 or 15 teams right now projected to be over the cap. So you immediately lop those teams out or they're going to have to really gut their teams to make that move. And again, if you're gutting your team, are you really helping right. those quarterbacks win? And then of the remaining 14 or 15 teams, how many of those are in the top 10 and want, you know, Trevor Lawrence, whatever. I mean, Jacksonville's way up there. We know they're going to draft Trevor. He's going right. to be their quarterback. So you rule some teams out that way. So from a, from a cap standpoint, yeah, they, they could be involved with some of these guys. I wonder, and I, and I was saying this when the Stafford news came out and it got misinterpreted because that's what happens on social media. You know, obviously he doesn't, his relationship with Patricia is not good. They don't, they don't like each other, period, end of story. Now, is that going to influence him from coming here or the Patriots from saying we don't want Stafford? No, if the Patriots, if Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels think that Matt Stafford is the answer, then they're going to pursue Matt Stafford Matt Patricia involved or not. My question is, what is, what sort of influence does Stafford have in the process? To your point, like, are the, is Detroit doing him a solid by trading him and then that's it? Matthew, you don't get a choice now. We're going we're gonna to get you out of here, but then we're going to take what's best for us. Or, Matt, you gave us 10, 11 years. You played hurt. You did all these different things. We couldn't do it here with you. Not only are we going to do you a solid and trade you, but if the offers are somewhat similar, we're going to go to you and say, hey, you know, um, they want you in L.A., they want you in New England, the offer's about the same, where do you want to go? I, we don't know the answer to that question, and I think that would play a role. Cause, Probably the latter, right, wouldn't you agree? I would think so. I mean, by all yeah. accounts, this came about from a, a private conversation between him and the owner, the woman. Yep. I forgot her name. You probably know it. You're the national guy. No, I, I forget it, too. 
Jesus, I lean on the national guy for some national it's perspective. It's the owner. Who cares? It's the it's the lady who owns the, the runs the clients. Okay. So I would think if you if that is where this emanates from, that's sort of a friendly like we'll work with you, you work with us, we'll we'll figure this out. We appreciate what you did, kind of deal. My bigger question though is is just about the Patriots. Like everybody has the Colts as a possibility because obviously quarterback friendly head coach playoff roster kind of look like yeah, ready to you, win you could do some damage there I wouldn't say they're necessarily the Bucks, and that's the other thing there's not a lot of opportunities that are going to be what Tom Brady ended up with where you have multiple Pro Bowl receivers and now maybe you can add to that maybe you can do what he did you arrive and that brings this piece in and this piece in like well, let's Gronk. be fair that's the thing I want to talk about earlier Brady so-called brought in Gronk and AB what did those guys do? Well, Gronk had a good year. He did not do much in the except for that one screen pass where he looked like he Gronk. Maybe the biggest play of the game offensively right, for but, them, or but certainly he does that. But overall, what did those guys do? Would well, they have Gronk gotten to the same? Year. Would they have gotten to the same place without Gronk and AB? Um, I would say yes. They might have. I don't know. They might have. I, I can't answer that. I question. think that narrative is is being a little bit overblown. That like Brady, you know. Got, because his presence, he allowed X, Y, Z to, to come here. Well, not really. Well, I think he did. You, but, your but, question is, did you need it? Right. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I don't think I don't think A, B, and Gronk, or even actually, I don't think A, B, Gronk, and Fournette are necessarily in Tampa if Tom Brady's not in Tampa. I think those were that's we're fair. Band together. Two yeah. of them are his boys, obviously right. only want to play for him. And then I think Fournette just looked at, yeah, I'll get on board. <laughs> yeah. But, Yes, Fournette had that nice run yesterday, and Gronk had the, the big play at the end. But, like, overall in the year, like, A.B., they would have been fine without him. He had that – his numbers look okay, but he had that 11 catches in the last week of the year because Brady wanted him to get his, his incentive. And Gronk, yes, he had a solid year, but, like, they had other tight ends that could have done the same thing too. You're an yeah. angry elf today. <laughs> I, well, because, again, it's to, – to Ryan's point, it's it, – especially – well, it's not even just locally. It's it's nationally because we know there's some Brady honks nationally too. And again, rightfully so, he's going to his 10th Super Bowl. But like, it's all about like Tom did this thing. Well, no, other people were involved. <laughs> other people made this happen. And quite frankly, again, if the defense hadn't played the way they played, especially recently, they're it would have been going in, home like two weeks. They're not in this spot. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. he was he was neck and neck with Taylor Henneke in the fourth quarter of a game yep. where. It wasn't easy. Like They barely not, beat Drew Brees, who can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. And honestly, if Jared Cook doesn't fumble that football, that was the turning point in that game. Correct. They, don't, they probably don't win that game. So, again, the, the defense was massive for them late in the year. And in the, their, their two most the biggest recent games, the last two, the defense is really what sort of locked it up for them. So you brought up Patricia. I wanted to – I have a little different slant on Patricia. I like Matt Patricia. I've had great conversations with him over the years, known him for a long time, all that. Is he too close to Bill Belichick? Uh, in what sense? Like he wanted friend, like, as a friend? I yeah. think Bill brought back a friend whose wife is best friends with my wife or girlfriend, sorry. Yeah. Or wife, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. but like it still benefits the, the organization, right? Yeah, I don't know. Because so, all people want is like, a, a, a guy that's willing to push back and it's a key time and you can't have yes men and you need some, is that Matt Patricia? 
I, I had a conversation with um, a former Patriot assistant coach, now coaching elsewhere, late in the year. And we were having a kind of a deep discussion just about the Pats and what was going on with the Pats. And, what did Dave will say? And his point to me was the thing that's getting understated here that's not getting enough play is the brain drain. And it's the point I tried to make when Patricia, when the news of Patricia came out, if you think about all the coaches that have left here, good coaches in, the, in just a, in the recent three or four year period, yep. it's massive. And what have you replaced them with? Maybe Mick Lombardi and Nick Cayley and, and, and Cam McCord. Maybe all these guys are going to be really good coaches for a really long time, right? They could very well be. Yep. It's, hard, it's hard to get a sense, in particular with position coaches, how good they are. Um, you know, you, you can talk to guys or whatever, but, again, we talk to players who you think they're going to be like, uh, you know, mix an idiot. You, you, just, you, you don't get that. Right. Um, but they lost so many guys, and there's, you know, guys that are in positions of power, whether it be head coaches or coordinators around the league. Um, that's tough. That's a tough thing to overcome. And I think there were points this year, I think we've all agreed, like this wasn't Bill's best year. Um, well, maybe some of it is because he didn't have the people around him to, whether it's to challenge, whether it's to help, what, whatever the case may be. When you're putting like the substitution issue in the field, how many times did defense have twelve guys? You're calling time more up? this year, more this year than probably in the last ten. I, you know, if right. I'm just going off the top of my head, you, some of that it, is because of the inexperience in the staff. Sure, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, maybe he is too close, Andy, but I think that they're so desperate for guys that build trust and guys that Bill will listen to that having him back in whatever role this is going to be, um, I think is a benefit for the team. And do you think there's a chance your guy, Nick Cattles, my Saturday co-host, we had a discussion about this and we sort of were talking about the organization. He, by the way, can I quickly interrupt? He was like so excited about Stafford. Like they have the best chance. Like he was the perfect, like we're talking about like the social media and just not understanding that there are 31 other teams and that there are teams better positioned than you are. Nick Cattles was front and center in that, like, well, he's got to come to the Patriots. I mean, they have the best package. They've got the Patriots. They've got Belichick. Like, dude, inhale, exhale. There are other places you can win Super Bowls. That are probably They're better than the Patriots. Uh, yes. Much easier. Much easier. Yes. Um, but ahead, we were talking sorry. about, is there any chance that with Nick Casario leaving and sort of the brain drain in the personnel department potentially, and certainly the right-hand man, and we've seen Josh take on a bigger role in personnel. We've seen him in the war room. Is there any chance that, that Nick Casario's job is sort of being filled? And I know Dave Ziegler is promoted or has a bigger say or whatever that is exactly. That you now have Josh and Matt as on their sides of the ball, personnel evaluators or okay, the scouts put all the information together, they pull it all together, and then those guys are sort of the VPs below Bill in terms of that whole process. Any chance that there's sort of a new, new look there? I think it's an interesting thought. And I think when you consider how the Patriots have sort of approached some of these things in the past, they do think a little bit differently than others. Yep. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be entirely um, – shocked if that was what they were thinking and I wouldn't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because again Josh has been with him for the better part of two decades Matt's been with him for the better part of two decades do they know what Bill wants I think they kind of know what Bill wants and how you know the kind of players that he wants and the kind of players that are valuable to the system that they have here so I don't think that that's necessarily the worst thing in the world 
and they're I mean, both think- head coaches. Like, remember yeah. when Josh came back and Bill specifically said, I can have conversations with him now on a different level because he's been there, he's done it, he's thought of things from a different perspective, not just offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. And I just wonder if he looks at Matt the same way. Like, you can think you know what head coaches go through and the decisions and the personnel and all, but now they've been there. Maybe they're both better suited for that more dynamic, inclusive role in the overall painting of the picture. And, you know, Reese's whole thing that Bill's opening up his world to McDaniels because he stayed. Well, maybe he's opening his world to them because he feels like they're valuable in his world now in a different, they're at a different level. They're at 301 in the, in the process. Just, just an idea. Just throw it out there. If you want to use it on TV, feel free. <laughs> I, I like Can it. Can you credit him? I'm not going to credit yeah, him. You won't. I kind of stole it from Cattles, too. It was kind of oh, – we spitballed well. it on the then air. I think it's a t- then I think it's a terrible idea. Oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> that's my guy. Yeah. What do you got? I don't know. I thought the host was going to say something. He's He's been sleeping. I thought I he was going to respond to that to give us his thoughts. I will say, though, well, the funny thing about the Stafford is Cattles does love him. Nick Cattles – who used to host a podcast with Greg Bedard. I don't know if he does anymore. Still he does. Does. He does? Yeah. Oh, I thought he got dropped. I saw Maybe somebody else. Lost. Oh, okay. Um, but that's – he calls it his white whale. He loves Stafford, wants Stafford, thinks he's the perfect bridge or whatever you want to call it, get the next few years. And the great Paul Perillo, my former podcast pal, um, he wanted Stafford forever. We had a long <laughs> debate like 15 years ago or whatever. I don't, I don't know the time frame. He said he would have traded Brady for Stafford. That's how much he was in love f- with Matthew Stafford. And, you know, so people have the, the dream is there. Like, they see this dangling out there. Now, I don't think it makes any sense because I don't know how you get Stafford or Rodgers or whichever elite quarterback wants in, but still also get a tight end, a wide receiver, another True. wide receiver. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you do all that. that. We know this is an important offseason, and Bill can really – kind of buff up his GM resume maybe with this offseason. I don't know if it's physically possible. I, I, I don't really see that mosaic coming together the way fans and – Well, even even with all the money that they have, to your point, are you add a – I mean, if you're adding a, an established quarterback who's on a second deal or a third deal or whatever at this point, that's that's eating a good chunk of at your cap space. Million, right? like that's you 20 know, I think we all – right, we all assume Tooney's gone, right? But yes. you're going to try to pay David Andrews because it's going to cost a little bit less. Yep. Good centers get eight, ten million dollars a year. Yeah, what did that's, that Washington guy get? That was a yeah. Good, he got ten million a year, yeah. four yeah. years, forty. That's yeah. a, that. That's more of a chunk of your thing. Now you, if you're adding a quarterback, let's just say you add Stafford at twenty million, right? You you re-sign David Andrews for ten million. No well, cap. there's half your there's half your cap. It's gone. Well, you know, cap room is cap room is manipulatable. Yeah, well, they've, mani- they've manipulated it, all right. Well, yeah, but they stopped manipulating last year. They stopped trying. Now they can manipulate again, yeah. right? True. Back all in, baby. <laughs> what? Oh, no, wait, wait. Bill said they went all in for the last five years five with years. Brady. Yeah, then he took a year off. Now he's going to try again. Okay. What, try we've talked about this the last couple of podcasts about Bill being invested in the wire receiver position and going after a, paying a guy a true top dollar. I don't think that's a position he values. Andy sees differently. What do you think Bill thinks of that? I don't I, – I, look, I, I get that uh, even with the cap, maybe they're flatlining or going to 180. Um, I have a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that Bill's going to go to Allen Robinson and pay him 18 or $20 million a year 
or um, Godwin 15, 16, whatever that number is going to be. I just have a hard time thinking he's going to do that. I think I don't think he's I don't think he's ever really looked at the position that way. I, I think they, they obviously they understand they have to upgrade there to to some degree clearly, uh, and you you probably can't or you can't you can't rely on Julian to come back. I mean whether he does or not. Um, you can't rely on that at 34 going on 35 coming off of multiple knee injuries over the last couple of years and all the other wear and tear. But I see him almost trying to like dabble in the, in the secondary receiver market and free agency and also via trade. And maybe someone like Odell, you know, there's always been a connection with Odell here. I don't know if Cleveland wants to trade him, will trade him. He's coming off the knee, but he's been paid a lot of his money. So there's not a ton of guarantee as, as much guaranteed money in that contract. I'd have to look deeper into it again, but something like that, where he's, I'm not going to put all this money up front. Some of it's already been paid and I'm poaching that guy for a third round pick or a fourth round pick. Yeah. But does Odell, was he tied to the Patriots or was he tied to Tom Brady's Patriots? Yeah, he was tied to Tom Brady's Patriots, but he does have a thing for Belichick too. So I, I don't, you know, and I, again, whatever that, that's a situation where look, he didn't, he didn't want to get traded to Cleveland. He doesn't have any real control over that, at least not yet, unless he's going to follow the quarterback right. line of thinking. Um, but maybe if he had a good quarterback, then he's, he's convinced that it's a place to go. I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I just have, a, again, I just have a hard time. And then, and then that's to your point. If we just spent 20 on Stafford, 10 on Andrews, you're going to drop 20 on Allen Robinson. The, the but, only thing that I, the thing that makes me pause is a, there's two things. Yeah, they need a lot. We know they need a lot. I don't think they're going to be very good next year. I don't know what you want me to tell you, but they need a lot. But the value-based stuff, there's a couple things. First of all, I find it very interesting that this year was the year Nick Saban said defense is dead. Defense is dead. You don't win with defense anymore. Nick Saban went out and had his best offensive team. He's just chugging through wide receivers that are elite. And we know there's a connection. Those two are sort of... Yeah, they're probably going to be chit-chatting this week in Mobile, Alabama. Right. So I think there's something to just keep an eye on there when we say Belichick doesn't value this, he doesn't do that. And also, I, I mean, I blogged about this when Ryan and I sort of talked about it. He traded for Brandon Cooks, expecting, hoping, thinking he was going to hand him a big contract. Like, that was part of that possibility. It wasn't the original plan to just trade him and then we're going to flip him in a year after a thousand yard season. It was, we might have to give this guy $15 million a year for four or no, five. I think years. they wanted to give him $11 million a year. And when he realized he was going to get 15, that's why he turned around and traded him. Well, I, no, I think he sucked and that's why they traded. Well, <laughs> I think if he too. had had, you know, 1600 yards, if he had had Devonte Adams year, I think he would have signed a massive contract and he would be a Patriot. Well, maybe not right now, but he would have been a Patriot for a longer period of time. He just wasn't that guy. And they realized quickly that he was more in the Dion branch mold than the elite, elite mold. I'm still waiting for him to run those crossing routes that, that I was told he was going to run and he ran so well in OTAs. I'm still, I'm still waiting for that to happen. The Patriots. He waiting did. for a lot of things. With he him. did. He started the Super Bowl. He knocked him out cold. Jeez. He's got some of the greatest highlights, lowlights. I don't know what you want to call them. <laughs> like that thing where he tried to hurdle the guy on the <laughs> end of the round. He's just, illogical. He led with his testicles. I've never <laughs> seen another player on the planet lead with their testicles. That sh there should be a rule against that. Don't do that. Don't do that if you want to procreate. Uh, real quick, we'll we let you go. Yeah. Well, I know we got to let you go. Um, I think you and I were on the same side of a uh, 
contentious Twitter debate yesterday. The uh, flag that was thrown at the end of the game after not too many flags were thrown all day. And we're not the only ones. I saw Scott Pioli get into this, that it puts Mm -hmm. players in unfair positions. And what I've always thought of in those situations is the Bill Belichick quote, do business as business is being done. And business was done a certain way for 50x minutes of a game where we're keeping them in our pocket. This is old school. Let them play. And then they didn't. Um, Just thoughts on how that looks for the NFL and how it played out. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't look good. I mean, it's going to be one of those things that gets forgotten, except for probably in in Green Bay. But I, I hated it, and in you know the 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 Murphy bunting interception right before the half is the one I keep relating it to. And was the pull as egregious? No, but the pull got him back into the passing lane to get the interception. So right. did it change the play? It absolutely changed the play. Now, by definition, that's supposed to be a flag. You didn't throw it. So now all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, in a big spot, you get a more egregious tug, or at least more egregious in the sense that he was further away from his body. So it looks, the the picture of it looks worse, which is our boy Brian Morey with the screen cap. Thanks, Brian. But like, come on. Um, No, shouldn't have been called. You didn't call it all game. Don't call it there. And it's, you're right. Belichick is right on that. And I'm, I'm a believer in that. If you're going to let them hand fight all game, let them hand fight. If you're going to let the jer- jersey be pulled, let the jersey be pulled. Now, if you're going to tackle the guy, that's something entirely different. But that was basically the same play, and you hadn't called it, and then you call it there. And, look, I don't know that, I don't know that Green Bay would have won. They would have probably found a way to gack that away too. But probably. they would have one more opportunity. Right. I, I just hate when – not when officials change games, but, like, when they change the way they change the game in a situation – that's why I got kicked out of a youth basketball game last winter when the game was called one way until there was 47 seconds left and it was called a different way and I was asked to leave because that there's nothing that bothers me more than that. Like, if you let them play, let them play. If you're ticky-tacky, ticky-tacky, whatever. You can call it any way you want, but the inconsistency, I don't know how anyone can argue that's okay. And that's where Pioli was, if you saw his tweet. It was yep. basically like, you just set people up to fail. You put them in, in, in such a situation that they're – I don't know. It just frustrates me. I got into a lot of fights and I actually don't think necessarily it was any worse. It looked worse because the shirt just stretched out. I don't actually think it was as effective or there was as much pull or whatever. I also wonder if he would have caught it anyway. You see where the ball kind of went? It would have had to have been a pretty good adjustment by the receiver to make the play. But again, I just, I hate it. I can't, I can't, I can't stand that stuff, you know? Like, hey, look, all game long, we're not getting holding. Basically, all year long, we haven't gotten offensive holding. Good, fine. Exactly. You've established it. We're not, we're not, we're not changing the rules. We haven't, and we didn't, we haven't changed them in the postseason. You're still calling it the same way. You called it that way all game. I hated that they they went away from it there. Hey, right, we we gotta let you go. You have another uh, big time podcast to do. More more uh... <sighs> highbrow. Won't be as fun. I'm going to start smoking a pipe for this one. Won't be as fun. A lot of big words be used. And you can You're use smoking your... pipe these days? Hey, stop it. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I'm fine with it. It's 2021. You do what you need to do. You do you. This is a family program. It isn't. No, it's not. Especially with this guy at Bard. Yeah. Hi. All right. Hey, good talk. We'll doing this. We'll talk yeah. to you later. Yep. I love how Ryan has no idea if this I, is going to work or not. I miss you guys. I miss you too. We'll see you soon. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Well, we still recording? You weren't sure if that was going to work or not. No, I'm surprised. We're still going strong. Well, I got an update midway through. Did you? That said, like, nope. you've been upgraded. Oh, nice. We got a free upgrade, so we're good to go. 
Yeah, it said upgraded, so we could have gone on forever. Yes, we could have. There was no no time limit. Um, so Giardi was a blabbermouth. I did want to get a, a kind of circle back around and just get a couple of your takes on things. Um, the the overreaction to Tom Brady, like I mean, we're gonna have to hear it for two weeks. It's gonna yeah. now. See, I I never know where he really is because he kind of squashed it a little bit last night in his in but and we're not gonna have. That's the other thing. I, you can talk on this because I think you probably already signed up for it. Yep. Um, Super Bowl access, like yep. everything's different. Like everything's either online. The, t- the Chiefs aren't even arriving in Tampa until Friday before Friday. the game, I believe, right? Yeah, I think they were Friday. So it typically isn't even a media day. There's no media. Right. So we're not going to get the Build 45 up. minutes in this hotel and 45 minutes in this hotel and media night. And yep. like it's all Zooms. Do you think that will – alter the way we get some of the Brady Patriots cover yes. it like yeah because you, you won't have you won't have first of all if this was a normal year think about how many media people would be going to the Super Bowl one of us might have been going one of the station might have been going heck right so right. we would have had that him being available at a podium for an hour Monday night getting how many questions would be related to the Patriots half 75 right. percent and then even just the times the, the quarterback talks two other times during the week other time so and we'll still get that that like those days talking but it won't be as long and the nfl or bucks kind of control who gets asked the questions and i've been on these zoom calls with the bucks and it's been all local reporters and they don't ask any national patriot related questions and even like yesterday after the game like the national writers didn't get a chance to ask questions so i think the way that um things could go that way will shape the narrative in a way that won't be directly, it won't give as much to the Patriots as it would otherwise. Right. Now, I mean, you have last night he did his zoom and then he did Peter King and Jim Gray did a couple of his sort of his His friends. Yeah. Friends of Tom Brady's or whatever. Um, I just, I think it's interesting because it, it frustrates me. I mean, the, the columns are already out there, Shaughnessy and Curran and everybody that, you know, Brady won and, Patriots nothing or whatever but like to me I don't even really want to focus on that like I, I, I'm not a I'm not a Brady Bobo but he's the greatest athlete ever I, and by the way I'm in that world right now not greatest football player or quarterback ever I've closed the door on that now we're in greatest athlete ever land and you know I saw somebody's you know you start comparing to Derek Jeter's World Series and Michael Jordan's finals and mm-hmm. That's where he is, and this is a great story. And just enjoy that, celebrate well, that, right? That's, like that's no, that's kind of what I was thinking of writing for a column for tomorrow. And I'm with you. I'm not the biggest Brady guy, but it's regardless of how you feel. And I, I don't want to give John Rook like the credit. I thought his tweet was actually perfect. Like very good, very he, good. You can have your opinions and how it left. Like both sides were certainly at fault. There were disagreements. You can have your opinions there, but for the here and for now just appreciate what he's doing and, and recognize just how great and unbelievable it is. And to me, if you're a Brady supporter, whether you're a Patriots Brady supporter or just a Brady supporter, like, yeah, you bucks, you want to win. You haven't won the Super Bowl in a long time, blah, blah, blah. But the bigger narrative is this is Brady versus Mahomes. Like Mahomes is the guy where you're like, oh, wow, he could be, he could be in the Super Bowl six times in the next 10 years. As you know, he's got the coach, he's got the weapons. He looks like he's that kind of guy. That's the story is the old school goat versus, you know, the up and comer that people want to put on that level. I mean, in a different way, 
it's it's Jordan versus LeBron, but like when LeBron was back in the day, not LeBron now, LeBron a while ago when he was the young gun. And that's what I think is fun about this, not Belichick and Brady. Like, yeah, I, I, now that we're talking about it, that's the thing. Like, this should not be about Brady versus Belichick. Like, that's not a thing. It is a thing into some people's minds, but the bigger thing should be, like you said, Brady versus Mahomes. Like, can he be the old guy that's, you know, still there, still leading the top of the, of the quarterback chart? That could be the story. Like, not just having this, like, Patriots-centric debate. And I don't know, I'll throw this out there for our listeners. We have a very passionate, loyal uh, group of listeners, because I'm assuming we're going to do maybe another podcast later in the week or something. Yeah. Yeah. But do you care about that right now? Like, do you care about Brady, Belichick, what happened over the last 20 years? Or do you just want to watch Tom and either root against him because he turned his back on your team or root for him because he's your goat? He started with you. You still like... I, I don't even know if there's really an appetite for the media pumping out these stories and columns. And where looking back to what happened in March, like I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like it happened. Like it's. So I'd like our listeners and and some fans, and maybe you can even put it on, you know, the Twitter handle before the next podcast. Like, do you even care about that, or would you rather just say Brady's freaking awesome? This is because this would be ridiculous if we watched it from afar. Like mm-hmm. it's. It's LeBron, but better and different. It's, it's these guys that are so great and that, you know, like, titles follow. The NBA finals follow. The, and, and so I would be either rooting for or against this from afar. If he were Tom Brady, the Seattle Seahawks quarterback or whatever, I would be rooting. And that's the story to me. The other thing you can deal with in, in due time. Like, that'll play itself out. There'll be better evidence on both sides. And maybe Brady wins this one. He wins next year. Belichick never gets back to the playoffs. We can have that discussion in three years or five years, whatever. Right now, it's just about the GOAT, Tom Brady. You're seeing something you, in all likelihood, will never see see again. Right? So, why can't we just, like, enjoy that and and analyze that? Yeah, look at how he's doing this. And, yes, he's not the same guy that he was five or six years ago. Like, he's not the same quarterback that he was against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, but he's still finding a way to get it done. So why don't you analyze that as opposed to saying, oh, you know, Bill really looks bad here. Brady's crushing him. Like, I, right. I just I, – I don't like that. And there's, like, good storylines, too, in terms of is their offense overrated? Did he in some way lift the defense with just his aura? And then, you know, the Steve Spagnola thing, going up against him who ruined the perfect season for him – Going up against Andy Reid, who he beat the first time to go back-to-back. They're trying to go back-to-back. Like just the Brady-Mahomes thing. They played four times. They're two and two. Like, it's deciding right. game. Like uh, Another thing that just hit me, yep. and I don't know why, and I don't know that it even matters, Patrick Mahomes' initials are PM. Peyton Manning's initials were PM. Because okay. somebody tweeted something about TB versus PM, yep. and I was like, Peyton Manning? Why are we talking about Peyton Manning? He's been retired. He's going to the – and then I was like, oh, they mean Patrick Mahomes just think it's funny that his two like rivals or whatever pms uh like do you like some patriots fans hate the chiefs do you hate do you like is there a reason to dislike the chiefs um yes and i'm gonna fall back on my source to some of those super fan slash young ideas and that'd be my son we were driving and out of the middle of nowhere he said something like Unless it's my team, I don't want to see the same team in the Super Bowl every year or, or like 
I forgot how he worded it exactly, but it's a little bit of, you know, early fatigue that they've yeah. been in the AFC title game three years in a row. They won the Super Bowl back to back. Like, and I'm the opposite. I, I always root for measuring sticks. Mm-hmm. Like I want to, I want to knock off the best. I don't want to become the heavyweight champion by beating somebody that no one's ever heard of. I want to knock Mike Tyson the bleep out. Like I want people right. to know who the king was. And then I took the damn king down. I didn't, oh, I took on a vacant belt and now I'm the uh, champion. Right. Well, no one cares. You didn't really accomplish anything. So I love the fact that the Chiefs have become, for this little period here, the gold standard. And Patrick Mahomes is the gold standard. And to me, he's even fun to watch in that another game, it wasn't his doing or anything, but they're down two scores right out the gates. Like, And you're like, wow, can the Bills really upset him? And sometimes, as Keyshawn says, Keyshawn Johnson, they spot you 21, they tell you to run, and they start chasing. And you don't feel good about being up 21. Like, you're like, oh, no, they're coming for me. Right. Even the way their games play out and the talent and the big plays. And it was like yesterday, it ended up getting wiped out because he stepped out of bounds, but they had a touchback. So they're on the 25. They dump the ball off to Tyree Kill, and they're on the other 40. And you're like, Jesus, that was quick. Now, he stepped out of bounds. It came back a little bit. Yeah. but. Like, the way they play and can flip the field with Hardman and Kelsey and Hill is just – it's kind of stupid, but it's also kind of freaking fun to watch. And that's why I don't – I don't want all the Brady-Belichick. I want to enjoy this matchup for the fun matchup it is. Two teams with great quarterbacks, two teams with defenses that are probably underrated Mm -hmm. and play their role within their teams and their schemes. Like, enjoy the actual game that's going to take place in two weeks, not some – some uh, measuring stick that's not going to get decided. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually looking at the chiefs roster and basically this came about like the bills and the chiefs are going to be in this position for a while. They're, they're young, they're talented. They're, their guys are actually locked up longer than I thought. Like Kelsey signed through 2025, I think. Um, Like Tyreek Hill is a free agent after next year, but McCole Hardman's on a rookie deal. Like he can take over his spot. Then the, the bills, Josh Allen, Diggs is 2023, I think. Uh, Tredavious White's 2025. So, like, their stars are there. And so, if the Patriots want to get back to where they were before, it's going to have to be through these two teams. Yes. And Tony Romo says they'll be back. <laughs> that, was so, that was so random and just weird. I know I'm a Romo hater. Like, I've kind of accepted oh, the fact that I'm a Romo hater. I, I am, too. I don't know if it's because I don't, like, watch – like, because I'm usually at Gillette or whatever, and I don't get to watch the games – He's freaking annoying. Yes, he is annoying. And that was even worse than – there's a million other things that it rubbed me. But why are you bringing up the Patriots? A 7-9 and nine team with no talent offensively, no quarterback, and so oh, I think they're – it felt like somebody replied to one of my tweets, like that, that, that was a Robert Kraft make good. He owed Robert Kraft a favor or something, like talking yeah. about the Patriots. Like they're not in the picture right now. Like there's no reason to believe they are. There's a better reason to believe the Chargers are in the picture than the Patriots. Right. Right? With young core talent, new coach is going to whip them into shape, defense, whatever you want to believe. The Patriots are nothing but question marks right now. And for the – like, the broadcast is winding down on the AFC title game. It's like, and I think the Patriots will be back because they got a little cap space. How often has cap space equated to greatness? Uh, That's a story right there. How often has the team – you know, the, the teams with, like, the top five cap spaces – how often have they turned it around immediately? I bet you it's not a great percentage. 
wasn't it the, the Colts two years ago or last year they had so much money and they like, didn't spend it? Uh, yeah, I think they rolled some of it over. I think they still have good money now, don't they? Yeah, they're still at the top. But I'm just yeah. saying like, that doesn't mean that you, right. you, you have all this space, you go all in. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, I feel like Patriot Nation used to mock teams that went into the offseason bragging about their cap space, and now it's like the be-all, end-all. woo we got cap space. Tony Romo said we're going to be back, baby. Yeah, great. You got that going for you. Um, th- did any of the quarterback developments over the weekend change your thoughts on the pa- relating to the Patriots at the position? Um, I, no and yes. And yes, more so just – I keep going back to that line. I've probably annoyed people. I probably referenced it too much. When Bill said in the post-mortem press conference about, like, what we think we know, some of it will come true and some of it won't and stuff we can't even fathom mm-hmm. being out – like Aaron Rodgers is the perfect example of that. Like he, may, I don't think he's really going to be available. I don't think that's I, actually. I, I think the cooler heads are going to prevail there, and they'll figure it out. But it's it's fun. Like there's a lot of, and and not all of it's been pro patriot. Like the fact that Philip Rivers retires, that's a team that's in the QB market that is better, probably more attractive, maybe than you right, right. now. Right. So that that adds to the competition. Who knows what happens in in Tampa, uh, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. how that plays out with Taysom Hill, or do they bring back Winston or, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess Drew Brees hasn't technically retired or announced his no, retirement, not, no. but so maybe he could be back if, if he thinks it, but Jay Glazer, Glazer. He's Glazer. usually pretty, yeah. when he says it, it's usually true. Yeah. So no, I think they have opportunities. I don't think any of them are easy. You pick 15th, not five. So the draft thing, not easy. You don't have a like a playoff ready-made team that some veteran wants to join, so that's not easy. Like, and you have a lot of other holes. So money-wise, I don't know that you can just go all in and overpay. Right. For, like, so they have plenty of opportunities to find a quarterback. None of them will be easy, save maybe for the Garoppolo thing, which we've talked about seems to pick up a lot of steam. If the 49ers are in on somebody else or want something else. Maybe there's a little quid pro quo there where you gave them to us without any other calls for a two. We'll give them back to you without any other calls for a two. Right. Right. That might be the easy road. Everything else is going to be competitive, difficult. Yeah. The only thing that I would say this weekend is not like proved, but I think that they're more likely than not to get their quarterback via free agency or trade in the draft. They're just in a bad spot at 15 and like now more and more teams are in that quarterback market that are either ahead of them or have the ammunition to move up to get ahead of them. And I saw a stat too, in the last seven drafts, only one quarterback is being, has taken from 15 to 20 Haskins. So it's just a dead spot in the draft. Right. Once the run goes early, then people are like, well, I'm not taking him here. And right. Right. So it's, it's tough to see them getting the franchise quarterback at 15. And I just, I think that free agency or the trade market is where they're going to go. And yeah, I don't, I, McShay kind of started that with Justin Fields at 15. Then there was another one with Trey Lance at 15, some mock drafts. Yeah. But we talked to Rob Rang um, of Lindy's and NFL draft scout and a long history of, you know, pre-draft work and, he does it. He thinks all four top quarterbacks will be gone, and then you're kind of stretching whether you right. want to take Mac Jones, Mac Jones, or whatever. So yeah, I, I mean, it, it would certainly seem basically impossible that they're going to get him in the teens. They might be able to trade up to ten and get right. the last one available 
of the four or something. Do you even want to do that? Because then you're giving up like probably your two. And do you want to do that? Probably not. Then it just depends on who it is and how you feel about them. If right. you're like, I want them to be aggressive. Like, I don't change that. Be aggressive. Whoever, if you think somebody's the real deal. Right. Do what it takes it. to get him. Right. Yep. But if you're um, just like, yeah, he could be it. He could not be it. Like, don't, then don't, don't be that aggressive. Don't overpay. Right. Right. Uh, any other thoughts on that we didn't get to with Giardi? Um, well, like I said, we'll do another podcast probably later in the week, touching more, I guess, on the Patricia news, McDaniels thing. Um, yep. Yeah, no, just from the games, um, you know, the I, I found interesting the nice little rivalry I think is going to develop between the, the Bills and the Chiefs, the way that game ended and yep. the sack. Uh, first of all, just a quick aside, Josh Allen has gotten rid of the picks for the most part. He has not gotten rid of the dumbass sacks where he just – he drifts back and drifts back and – doesn't even get outside of the pocket so he can just chuck it up to the line of scrimmage. No, and like, it's different when like Mahomes runs back because you know he has the athleticism to be able to like get outside and then like get away from it. Josh Allen doesn't have that. Like he's an athletic quarterback, but doesn't have the ability to escape so well. once he makes that dumb, dumb move. Yeah. Did you hear me that whole time? Cause no. no oh yeah. You froze. And I, I was like, Jesus, we made it through an hour and now we're breaking up. Um, yeah, so just real quick, he's still a dumbass with the sacks, but that feisty finish to that game, um, that's one of those things I just put in the back of my mind for that's a rivalry developing. You know, they played in the regular season. They'll obviously both play a first-place schedule, so they'll play each other next year. Um, the sack, and then he throws the ball at him, and you got punches thrown and pushing and, and you know, offensive linemen waving bye-bye to the Bills. And I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued, you know, and they're – basically staying together as you noted physically and with their coaching of Brian Dable they're basically staying together so that uh, that could be a fun rivalry that develops in the in the AFC over the next couple of years I would agree um er, I guess we'll talk we have two weeks to talk about but early thoughts on the Super Bowl like we kind of I mean, hit up a little bit but it's gonna be a good game you know what I would say my my early thought without making a prediction don't bet against either quarterback like yes. It, I mean, I know it's stupid, but that to me is sort of the theme of this game. It's two quarterbacks I do not feel good betting against. I don't feel good betting against Tom Brady. I don't care that he threw three picks or whatever. Um, you know, Giardi was talking about Garoppolo and like, he's good, but how good can he be? Can he make the play when he needs to make the play? Like that throw that Brady makes to Scotty Miller. I don't know if Garoppolo makes that throw. And that changed the complexion of that game. They Like they got what they wanted, but the 49ers and Garoppolo got what they wanted. They could have ended a Super Bowl. They didn't end the Super Bowl. And right. then they lose. They regret it. Right. So um, these are two guys that I just don't like betting against. I don't like betting against Mahomes. I've seen it too many times. Yeah. Oh, it's close. Oh, they got a lead. Oh, this. Oh, that. They win. They always win in the end. They're confident. Their coach is confident. Their tight end is confident. They're freaking wide receiver. Did you see Tyreek Hill at the end of the game? They, they ran a run play. They're running the clock out. And he blew by somebody off the line and did basically the Moss put his hand up. He wanted like, he wanted Mahomes to basically adjust on the fly and throw him a bomb. Like that's who they are. They're just competitive, athletic, feisty. And I think both, I'm really looking forward to this Super Bowl. I hope it doesn't lay an egg because I think it could be really fun. That's that, that would be my takeaway two weeks out. Don't bet against either quarterback and look forward to the big game. All right. Well, uh, we'll do another podcast later in the week, a couple of days from now, touching more on the Patriots uh, yep. offseason stuff because we've, you know, hit enough on Brady and on all that stuff. But 
Uh, this was fun to do. Got our old buddy, Mike Giardi, back. Nice enough to make some time for us. He is big timer, although apparently he doesn't do TV anymore, so he's got plenty of time for us. I know. Maybe he'll join us a couple more times. Every week now. <laughs> uh, so yes, it was nice to have him aboard. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back later this week. Peace out. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.